Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Around the NFL podcast operates on a higher plane of human existence. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you, fellas? I'm just trying. I need some shades for that bright yellow shirt Wesseling's got today. I like it. Wes is like, I'm going He's on turning TV. LA. He's turning L.A. Yeah, that's right. It's going the video. on television. I want people to see me. I want to be stunning. Interesting theories. You yes. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a really good mood because, uh, uh, Greg, you know, the Patriot Dynasty's over. Ow! How about that? And uh, not to toot my own horn, but back-to-back hero picks Sunday and mm. Monday. Decisively, if if enjoying the demise of you know your favorite team uh, gave me joy, I would have been the happiest person in the world the last few years. And if honking about picks was something I would do, you know, I, we could go back. We could talk about your record. If you want to talk about coming in last place two years ago, fourth place last this year, and you're in fourth place right now. You are a sad man. All I know. <laughs> you brought it up. All I know is I picked up two games on you in the standings that you, yeah. you're hung up on right now. But the bigger story is the Patriots <laughs> are going down, and that's something we're going to have to talk about all year. And I got a hero pick on picking against well, Patriots, you, so it was a nice Monday. Are you hung up on the AFC East standings? What, what do you mean? You just said Greg was hung up on the standings for us picking games. Oh, yeah. I, I'm hung well, up on everything Patriots-related. Yeah. I'm Jets, very the Jets excited. Are, the Jets are in last place in, in oh. those standings. Uh, the Patriots, we'll see. I'm not giving up on them. Their dynasty, I believe, if you want to use the word dynasty, has been over for a, a while. I think they've been a very good team, and I'm definitely not ruling them out winning that division and being a good team this year. They, they've come back from, from worse. Maybe not worse. Well, <laughs> 30 to nothing opening day against the Bills. Yeah. That was a long time ago. It's different. There is genuine doubt this year. You know, there are problems they've had this year, I think, that are bigger than ever before. But – you picked them 
to beat the Bengals this week, the undefeated best team in the league so far. So it's not like you're giving up on them. I'm not giving up on the Patriots, but I was more – it was just a nice moment on Monday night. For people that have watched the Patriots soar for over a decade now, to see that maybe, just maybe – it could be ending. See, I thought you might be happy for the fans in Kansas City. Great fan base there. Chiefs, not the greatest recent history. But, no, you got to skew negative. And Enjoy how... someone else's demise. And I didn't hear anything. You never gave me any credit about the hero picks. That's why I really brought it up. There goes my hero. <laughs> He's That was all just – all that was just oh. to get to that sound drop. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Big show. This is a really big show. And Mark Sessler, unfortunately, not with us again. He will be back. I'm pretty sure he'll be back on uh, for our next show on Thursday night. So get ready for the Sizzler to return, firing with uh, firing with two revolvers. Both barrels? Yeah. Both the revolvers <laughs> firing. Uh, today we got a big show. We're going to be talking about... Chris Wesley. Not sure we want to go with the multi-revolver imagery. <laughs> can can uh, we get a video of that or something? <laughs> uh, Mark will come just like pumping both fists because he's so excited. How about that? Uh, anyway, so Chris Wessling wrote a, gro- uh, a great piece, I should say, about the biggest surprises in the NFL through four weeks. We're doing a lot of quarter poll content. Mm. Greg, is that fair? Yeah, quarter season awards and whatnot. So uh, – Wes, pos- the positive, the big guys that are doing well so far, nice list. We're going to get into that list. Uh, we've talked about it for uh, a couple weeks now. We're going to start forking teams formally on Wednesday. All this was done. Usually we like to do it together, uh, but since Mark's not here, we made sure to check with him first. He's on board with everyone we're going to fork today, so get ready to see some forkage. Uh, we're going to do a little t- Thursday night football uh, preview. You forgot the. we're going to have a five-minute press conference congratulating you on two, <laughs> two picks because that's what Dan asks for. <laughs> Every time he gets a pick right. I haven't even – I didn't even see you yesterday. I was, I was home – I'm home on Tuesday. So what did you want? You wanted me to come into work and give you a card or something that you got a couple I'm, picks all right? All I'm saying is five for nine in hero picks. And I just track these things. You track things, I track things. All right. All right. So before any of that. Before any of that, let's uh, check in with the great Tay Date. What's, What's up, going buddy? on, guys? How's it going? And again, we're on video, everyone, and Ooh. you guys are getting used to you know being on camera more and being well dressed. I gotta say, best dressed today, and this is a word I'll be giving out every show, Mister mm. Chris Weston. Yeah, look I at agree. that. Look at that shirt. You know, he's got that color. He's got the color button too. You know, I mean, that's he could have he could have got an iron. <laughs> Then, uh, yeah, it might have sounded like I was having fun with you, but I agree with TD. This I like is not it. an it, iron shirt. This I is, couldn't pull that off. It's, it's meant it's to be sloppy. Sh- exactly. Uh-huh. It's a workman shirt. It yeah. looks neat, though. And I feel like you're giving, although I think the shirt looks nice, too, Wes. There's still some heat about Wes not wearing his hat that's being dropped off yeah. onto you, TD. So I'm thinking this is your peace, peace offering. offering, a little exactly. olive branch situation. That's all it is. That's all it is. Accept it for now. <laughs> and I'm in, th- I'm in third place, I assume, right? Uh, for today, yes. Okay. There's always yeah. next show, though. Okay. All right. Uh, let's do some news. Turn down for what? <laughs> shout out to J.J. Watt. I thought there was a shout out to Wes's Vegas trip, which I imagine at some point. He is a fan of that A woozy song, Wes on a dance floor just like going nuts, gin and tonic, rocking in his hand, just pumping the fist. There are a lot of parts of that story that are true. One part that would be untrue was me ever stepping foot on a dance floor. Oh. Turn down for what? 
But that song did play quite a few times in Vegas. You're right. Yeah. I there get... was an inflatable swan. There was. I didn't tell you guys, but uh, I have a friend in Vegas, and he basically led us into this big day club all mm. day Friday, comped us uh, some free stuff, and hung out with some beautiful young creatures in my pale 40-year-old body. All wow. I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> No Johnny Manziel. The beginning of that sentence was, uh, sentence was awesome, and then it got sadder and sadder by the period. Well, like, this is my life. <laughs> All right, that's good. All right, let's do some news. All right, so Dennis Allen. This is something that there were some rumors, I guess, on Sunday night. You could call them of Dennis Allen being out in Oakland, uh, but it didn't actually come to fruition until Monday. He was fired by the Oakland Raiders. Uh, after two and a quarter seasons with the team. And then on Tuesday, the team announced that Tony Sperano, the former Dolphins coach who had been the offensive line coach for the Raiders, takes over on an interim basis. Uh, this is the decision the Raiders decided to make uh, amid an 0-4 start. I know uh, I got a real kick out of it, and a lot of people on Twitter did as well. The Raiders choosing to polish up their three Lombardi trophies and, <laughs> and mount them behind the press conference on Tuesday in which they announced that they were replacing their coach uh, before October. Uh, gentlemen, uh, what do you take away from the Dennis Allen era? Was this the right mo- time to get rid of Allen? And what do we think of Sperano? Well, I thought the time to get rid of him was in August when I said, you got to get rid of both of these guys because they're running a clown show. And they were. They bungled the quarterback situation so bad that, to me, you had to get rid of them. You can't just tell your team we're a Super Bowl contender all offseason. And your veteran quarterback had nothing left. And then your rookie quarterback wasn't ready to make you a contender. Dennis Allen, I'm not sure what he does well as a coach. After After two and a half years, what does he do well? They wasted everyone's time. It's a fault of ownership and uh, McKenzie because – Mark Davis was quoted this offseason saying, Reggie, talking about Reggie McKenzie, the general manager, is my guy, and Dennis is his guy. So you went into the season knowing you were going to fire him. You were giving him a chance to have a Hail Mary. I don't think Bill Belichick would coach this team to a winning record. It's a lousy, lousy roster. So they wasted an entire year, and I'm more interested really about what happens next. I mean, Mark Davis is already admitting that, yeah, you might give John Gruden a call, and I think that's their big – White whale. They want. They want John Gruden. They want is to give it a good? shot. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily good for the Raiders. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think Sperano is your ultimate interim coach because he doesn't have a prayer here. He's inheriting a truly crappy team. So you can imagine. You could safely assume they're going to win between one and four games, maybe. And that I can't imagine that will be one game for each Lombardi Trophy they displayed. <laughs> so I assume that he will not stick around. He won't do enough to stick around, and then. You're, they're probably going to try to make a splash. So I don't. My question is: If are the Raiders after ten or eleven straight years of being a joke at this point, uh, how toxic is it? Why would a high-profile coach want to go there unless he really bought into Derek Carr? One thing that uh, Mike Silver reported on Total Access uh, yesterday was that there's a quote emotional connection that remains between Gruden. And the Raiders, I think a bigger thing would be the, the Benjamin connection. If if <laughs> Mark Davis pushed across the table a blank check and said, come on, rejoin us, would that be enough to have Gruden give Mike Tirico a hug goodbye and join the <laughs> sidelines again? I think so. I think the interest in Gruden from around the league and big-name college teams has always been overstated. I think that interest is leaked to the media from Gruden's camp. 
this little song and dance thing he does where he acts surprised. Oh, why are you talking about me? Why is everyone? Yeah, the, the, the quote break. seven or eight bloggers, the you know classic straw men here. There's no, there are no bloggers. He's like, talking about Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> he's taking a shot. <laughs> yes, he when he's the fired. one when he's the one who wants the money, who wants out of ESPN, who wants a good job, and he can't find it. He's playing the game. If he had a good offer the last few years, I think he would have taken it. There's a chance he takes this. Ian Rappaport believes that he really likes Derek Carr, which is one thing that he would need in place. But if Gruden goes there, McKenzie's not going. He gone. McKenzie says, I'm going to hire this next coach. Well, he's not hiring John Gruden. John Gruden wouldn't take him. He'd bring his own personnel guy. And so would a lot of really big name coaches. Ultimately, I don't think they get if, anyone like if that. Dennis Allen wasn't safe to make it to October. Why, why the hell is Reggie McKenzie safe to make it through this season and into a new season? What has this guy done? The proof is there on the field. He's, he's not, not going to make it into job. a new season. I don't think he will. I think it's easy to say he's safe now when they're 1-15. Right. Then he, then he's he's gone in January 1st or whatever it is. And Derek Carr, I, the next young quarterback that John Gruden develops will be the first one he develops. Well, Name any young quarterback <laughs> he's ever developed. Doesn't mean he, he doesn't Chris want Chris Sims him. doesn't count. He doesn't mean he doesn't want one or doesn't think he can do it. How about this? A little outside-the-box thinking. You hire John Gruden, Matt Schaub's on the roster, you remake that old man. Well, Rich he is, Gannon style. He oh is Rumpelstiltskin. Ow! He spun <laughs> Brad Johnson and Rich Gannon into gold. That's I mean, true. I take back what I said about it being a good idea for the Raiders, John Gruden, that it wouldn't be. It would be a good idea. It'd be a horrible he idea. Would help. Go get a good he would coach, he would not be a name. Better. He would be better. Go get a coach, not a name. I think he could coach them up, make them a little better than Do they've Do you been. see the Steelers doing this or any other quality or the Ravens? They don't go out and say, hey, we need to get a superstar name. They go out and get a guy who is in the NFL and impresses you by what he's doing on a daily basis. This seems to be a team adrift, though. So Gruden, to me, makes sense as the guy that they're going to blindly swipe at, and maybe that's the time machine that makes them relevant again. And people talking about, oh, well, maybe they'll give him an ownership stake. If John Gruden gets an ownership stake, I mean, he's taking that job. Give me a break. They're not going to give a coach like John Gruden an ownership stake. And if they did, there's no way he would say no. Here's your, pl- here's your plan for relevancy. Have a winning record two years in a row. Bingo. You're relevant. Right. But- not because you hired a name and went 4-12 and 12 again. All right, so the Raiders are one franchise uh, in tumult right now. Now we move to Orchard Park, where the Buffalo Bills have, you know, they invested, I believe, a f- uh, first-round pick uh, in E.J. Manuel a year ago, and now he is on the bench. Kyle Orton announced as the starter by Doug Marone, who in his press conference announcing Orton, the thing that to me was really uh, jumped out at me, was Marone referring to the front office. I didn't ask for an agreement. I just went in and said this is the direction I'm going. So Marone used this press conference as some type of uh, uh, you know, power play on some level, it seems. And Kyle Orton signed to an incredibly large contract right before the season started, it, that which was a sign that Manuel perhaps wasn't the guy that they believed in. Now is the quarterback as we uh, enter October. This is the state of E.J. Manuel's career. He's been benched for a 31-year-old who accepted a backup job for Tony Romo when he could have got a starting job and tried unsuccessfully to retire four months ago. <laughs> Ian has a mustache that doesn't belong in this time and place. He in can't pull history. off any facial hair. He's tried so can't many times. He can't even pull off retirement. No. I mean, he's, the only thing he's good at is making a lot of money. 
And but now he, they're asking this guy that you could safely, as Wes is alluding to, his heart might not be truly in uh, being a part of a winning football organization. Now you're giving him the keys to the kingdom and a a talented roster, a, a team that could actually go places if they had a quarterback that can do anything. But Kyle Orton just does not seem like the answer. I don't blame them though, because EJ Manuel did nothing well. He was so far away from being ready and being a halfway decent starter. You want to talk about the state of Manuel's career, his rookie number one wide receiver, Sammy Watkins, after one practice with Orton said, Orton reads talking about what's the difference between the two. He reads it quicker. The ball is coming out faster. The way he talked, the way he handles business, the way he looks at plays and breaks down defenses, it's kind of different than EJ. That's not Aaron Rodgers. No. That's Kyle Orton. <laughs> right. And it's also a rookie mistake by Watkins because he didn't need to uh, take Orton and compare him to Manuel. He could have just pumped up Orton. It just it shows. Sure he was asked about it, and he's honest. He reads well, it quicker. The ball's coming hey, out Hey, I'm glad he's the quarterback be again. Be honest. Hey, let's not try to encourage players to start using cliches. That's fair. I just think uh, Manuel, what if the organization still believes in him on some level, I don't know if that's the case. They don't. They just they signed. Yeah. They just gave Kyle Orton five million dollars and started him. And it's a really interesting time in Buffalo because they're going to have a new owner soon. They have a GM, Doug Whaley, that didn't hire this coach, Doug Marone. There's a lot of competing agendas. You said he was making a statement against the front office. I think what that was was he was trying to tell his players, tell the fans, I'm not just a puppet for this front office that signed Orton because there were reports he never wanted Orton in the first place. It's just, it's a bit of a mess and they know they need to win right now or else they could all be gone. I like this Bills team is the funny thing. I think they could win. They're a lot more interesting now. Their quarterback can pass. Is there any way Orton steps in and is effective as a quarterback? Yes. Yes. I I don't know if he'll be that effective, but effective enough to go eight and eight and win some games. And even if he doesn't win a division in the AFC East. (laughs) <laughs> Look, we, we might find out if Hackett and, and Maroon can coach. Right. I mean, I you watch this Bills team. It There's a lot of things to like about it. I think they have a lot of offensive weapons. I think the defensive line is as good as there is in, in the league. I agree. They could win the East now. Ugh. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying it's possible. I never believed it was possible with E.J. Manuel. I never believed it would be possible that we'd be talking about the Bills potentially winning the division because Kyle Orton became the star. That's not Tom the Brady reason. It, yeah, it's because the Patriots yeah. aren't that good. Oh, shut up. All right. There it is. <laughs> the shut, shut up, up is back. It's back and better than ever and more dismissive than ever. People love it. I, I couldn't help myself. It was. Uh, moving forward, Steve Smith, who is, listen, Chris Wessling's hero at this point, the older brother that Wes already had, but just another older brother, Except he's younger than me by half a decade. The younger brother, I should say. Listen, I get confused sometimes. <laughs> Steve Smith is having a hell of a week. It, it started with uh, an amazing game against his old team, the Panthers, lighting him up for well over 100 yards, a touchdown. And then he w- he got to talking, doing the Steve Smith thing, um, a soundbite that the inside the NFL people uh, grabbed from the sideline. Take your – I'll use the words – buttocks here take your buttocks back to carolina make sure you mow my lawn while you're out there bang uh he didn't stop there wes and let wes since you love steve smith so much and you have been our beat writer on this why don't you explain what he said uh about uh dave gettleman and ron rivera he went on a radio show wfnz i believe in charlotte today wfnz and just went nuclear 
on the Panthers, especially Gettleman, saying that Gettleman called him into his office in February after Greg Rosenthal uh, basically started this whole thing at the Combine by, by asking Gettleman. It was your question. Yeah. Do, is, is there effect. a chance that Steve Smith, you know, doesn't make the roster or some, something along those lines? Right, and he stammered and didn't really give an answer. And I, We talked about, are we making too big a deal of this? Because we, we almost didn't write a post on it. Right. And then it somehow gets back Smith to Smith. Smith said today that I was getting text messages and tweets from friends telling me, look, your future in Carolina is up in the air. Greg Rosenthal sniffed this out. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, <laughs> uh, real quickly, your general thoughts on the butterfly effect. I have no comment. So Shut up. <laughs> See, that one hurt. Gettleman calls hurt. him into the office and basically tells him you're washed up. You're a shadow of your former self. You're a distraction. And we think you're jealous of Cam Newton. Oofa. What? At least he was honest. That's weird, though. But it's- Wait, do, do we believe? I know we, we don't want to uh, say that Steve Smith could be unscrupulous in the media, but do we believe everything that Smith is saying? Would Gettleman really say that to him in a, I think in a there meeting? could be some embellishment going on. Yeah. I think he would. We've heard Dave Gettleman. He's a straight shooter. So if Steve Smith asked him, why are you getting rid of me, boss? Maybe he would just tell him. You're wicked jealous of Cam. Isn't this exactly <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this exactly what we read about in the Charlotte Observer? Yes. That they thought he was a divisive locker room presence and they wanted to hand the organization over to Cam and not have it be a Steve Smith team. So – all Steve Smith is really accusing Gettleman of is telling him to his face, which is what you would want a person yeah, to face. do. Well, he also said he didn't have the cojones to release him to his face. Mm. And he said he felt like he was stabbed in the back by Ron Rivera, who Steve. never bothered to talk to him. Steve Smith has a lot to get off his chest, it appears. What? My I'm favorite, loving this. My yeah. favorite line was when they asked him, do you have anything to say to Dave Gettleman? And he said... I got nothing to say to Dave Gettleman. He told me what he thought of me, and I told him what I thought of him with my play. Look at the Ooh. smile, the glint in Wes's eyes when he talks about you, Steve Smith, his little brother that he always had. <laughs> you should love this. I mean, the oh, Steve, I love it. The Steve Smith victory tour after beating the Panthers is like you after getting a couple of hero picks. I mean, no one, <laughs> no one's gonna hear the end of it. It's this just is day like after day, five for nine. It's baby. like a wrestling. It's like a wrestling figure. I love it. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe with the heroes thing, it's just because you're my boss. I wanted you to you know be like, good job, then. You want to have an accolade or two? You looked into the crystal ball and you saw it. Well, everyone. I'm proud of you. Every employee is different, and you're right that I that you (laughs) do need you like positive affirmation. Yeah. Whatever it's called. Give me what I need. I'm clearly not good at it. (laughs) Give me what I need. All right, moving forward. Bad news for Carson Palmer, who suffered a setback with that nerve issue in his shoulder. Bruce Arians said earlier in the week that Wednesday was going to be a key day in determining whether he'd be ready to play and return to the lineup against the Broncos on Sunday. Instead, Carson Palmer doesn't even practice. He's going to see a specialist to get this thing checked out. Uh, Arians said via Alex Flanagan of NFL Media, he threw a bunch last Thursday and Friday and then regressed. So it looks like we're getting another uh, Drew Stanton start, this time against the defending AFC champions. Uh, Wes, you you said yourself a couple weeks back before their bye week that you were looking forward to seeing the Cardinals in Denver and if they could put something together and win or play really well, they could be a a real team of ATL candidate in your eyes. Kind of a bummer now that we're not even going to get a full the full Cardinals te- attack with Drew Stanton involved. I did right? say that, but in the off season when we talked about the team of ATL, I also said 
they're a more interesting team to me with Drew Stanton at quarterback. Mm. Ooh, tasty. Well, he he's hasn't looked worse than you would really expect Carson Palmer to be. Maybe a little bit so far. I think if they can keep winning with Drew Stanton, I mean, just give the coach of the year right now to Bruce Arians. They should give it to him three years in a row. That guy's great. I wonder when I read this, though, are we going to see Carson Palmer again this season? I, I Look, we're not – we don't know anything about the medical situation, but you start hearing specialists, it gets worse, setback. I mean, these are the things you hear when suddenly Carson Palmer put on injured reserve out for the it's year. It's kind of Peyton Manning-y. We're hoping that's not what's going to end up happening where he's going to need some type of procedure to save his career. But, uh, you know, the issues with being able to throw the ball, gripping the ball, all that stuff, uh, it doesn't seem to be heading in the good direction. When you hear my nerve has to wake up and it's not firing, I mean, we don't know a lot about nerves, but that's problematic. You can't for re- yourself, Wes. <laughs> you can't I mean, just everything. go rehab this. It's not like a normal recovering from a sprained MCL. They, they have no idea. And the fact that he, he just can't throw the ball, I mean, it's scary. The New England Patriots, we talked about them at the top of the show, you may remember, um, are coming off that bad loss. Now they have to go on Sunday night to face the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, who are allowing a league low 11 points per game. So for the Patriots, Patriots offense to wake up, they're going to have a tough challenge. Tom Brady was on WEEI in Boston. Uh, he had this to say, there's no magic scheme. It's up to the players to play a lot better than we're playing. This hasn't been an isolated incident. I don't think offensively we played well all year. So, Greg, I ask you, uh, this appears to be a spot where bad timing on the schedule for a team that really needs a big win and a nice offensive output to shut everybody up. Instead, they get one of the best defenses in football. I think it's a good spot. You know, it's a short week in a game that they're going to be the underdog, which is very rare in Foxborough. Almost never happens under Brady and Belichick. In a big stage, everyone's going to be watching. This is generally what when you can see what your team is made of, and that's kind of what they need right now. Isn't that what they needed on the big stage two nights ago? <laughs> right, <laughs> but that was a huge letdown performance. They've had a month of poor offense. They were last in the league in yards for play before Monday night, so they've been struggling each and every week. This is a spot where Brady and Belichick over the years would respond, so I, I, think, it, I think it's a good spot. Because you'll learn. If they get blown out again, then they're a bad team. Brady played very poorly in one half against the Dolphins. Played poorly against the Raiders for part, okay, of, for part of the game and had one of the worst starts of his career against the Chiefs. He isn't playing well, but I thought it was interesting in that article. Albert Breer had talked to quite a few executives, and they were unanimous in the decision that he is not the issue. It's the talent surrounding him. That I, was... That was weird, by the way. After after he came out of the game and uh, Garoppolo came in, Garoppolo got the score and came back and was talking to the offensive coordinator, and Brady was just sitting there staring straight ahead. I don't remember ever seeing – I know we've seen Brady frustrated on the sidelines, but I never. I don't remember seeing Brady just that dejected in a way, maybe in that Bills game that was a, forever ago. But it was very unusual to see Brady just at a loss, it seemed. I think of two games uh, immediately when they – got trounced in New Orleans, and they show Brady and Belichick just kind of standing on the sidelines. I can't remember what year that was. I think it was 
the first year he was back from ACL surgery, and then later that season, the darkest moment, any Patriots fan should know this, of the Brady-Belichick era, 33-14, to home loss to the Ravens in the playoffs, light booze cascading oh, down yeah, on was... Foxborough, a half-empty Foxborough. It's probably Ravens fans booing as Brady, you know, kind of jogs off the field with his head down. At that point, everyone said the Patriots dynasty is over. The Globe wrote it. CSN New England did a big thing about it. Everyone picked them not to make the playoffs the following year. Then they had the number one seed. So it, we're five years removed from that. I don't know if they can really pull it back, but I, I don't know. I'm not giving up. Finally, gentlemen, uh, Charlie Whitehurst, who we talked about a little bit last week, made a start. who's named one of uh, Nashville Lifestyle's 25 most beautiful people <laughs> in 2014. He has a shot uh, with a – jaunty cap just to skew his long hair and a shirt not dissimilar to Wes's shirt, only a different color uh, posing in the magazine. But the one thing that jumped out, we, you know, we talked about how uh, Chaz Whitehurst thought that maybe he had a bunch of acoustic guitars, could play maybe a little bit of glycerine. Uh, I think he can play Pink Houses, too. Maybe Pink Houses. Vaseline, maybe. I think, by Stone Temple. Perhaps Pilots. parts That's of it. Going, he gets frustrated. It's pretty easy. Just try it. He gets frustrated easily, Clipboard Jesus. But they asked him this question, which was interesting. Is there a skill or activity that you want to take up slash learn or one that you have mastered? And his answer. I need to learn to play my guitar. Mm. Bang! Bang. So it means he has a guitar, a guitar, potentially multiple guitars. Who knows? But at least one, and he doesn't know how to play it. Exactly <laughs> as you predicted. Certain guys have the look. You, The yes, guys you that have the right guitar through, but don't know how to play. You saw right through the Chaz Whitehurst affectations. Do you uh, Just a real quick survey of this room. I think that counts as another hero pick, by the way. Oh, <laughs> right. I think it counts as a Sessler. Every time there's a segment <laughs> of the show that... We didn't know was coming. It's always somehow patting Dan on the back. This <laughs> yeah, is disgusting. No, I, love, I love this Whitehurst. I'm just curious who has this counts behind the glass as well. Who has a guitar but doesn't know how to play it? One. I've never owned a single musical instrument. Okay, I thought it would be more. I have a guitar that I don't know how to oh, play. Oh, really? Anymore. Yes. I once had a violin that I could play but then stopped learning how to play. My brother majored in classical guitar and was a great, great guitar player i try it's very difficult i, I learned to play a, a portion of santa monica uh, <laughs> oh yeah ever clear and then how big of a portion down out down out down down that's, biggest regret. that's it that's it biggest regret in my life not keeping up with the violin really so, really yeah. you would uh you've had a pretty charmed anybody. life if that's number one <laughs> i'm just saying i would love my to be two shins fell off <laughs> If Carlton TV, Banks back there. What a, I mean, for a man that became known as Young Kobe for his basketball skills and genial looks, can you imagine what would happen if you knew how to play violin? I ask myself that every day. He'd have to use you know? the violin stick thing to hit away the women. <laughs> stick thing. What is that thing? It doesn't have a name. All right, so let's move forward, gentlemen, and let's talk about Chris Wessling's list, the top ten surprises of the first Ooh. quarter of the season. West did just, as, to use a Damashek term, gangbusters work on this list. I really enjoyed it. A top 10 uh, that was also an honorable mention. Get excited, everybody. So why don't we talk about it? Maybe uh, Wes will throw some out to Wes or maybe throw out a couple of ours that maybe did not make it onto Wes's list. Let's have some chatter session about the top 10 list. And we'll start with number one, Chris Wessling. That's we got to talk about number one. Rolando McLean, Cowboys linebacker. 
Nobody thought McLean would be an NFL player the way his career started. All of a sudden, he's a key cog in the middle of that defense. That is a lot better than people realize. Talk about Kyle Orton unsuccessfully retiring. Mm. <laughs> Rylando McLean did twice before age 24. He did yeah. twice this offseason. <laughs> and he had that one arrest where he was getting in the car like this. Remember that? Yeah, I did. That do. was awesome. And now he's a starting middle linebacker who legitimately looks like a difference maker, not just – wow, I'm surprised that Rolando McLean is halfway useful. I'm surprised that he's helping them win games. He, you would have never guessed that. He's playing better in these four games than he has in his entire career. Number eight overall draft pick. Well, now we're learning why. Maybe Jerry Jones, the GM, turning it all around. Oh, no, wait, there's Morris Claiborne, <laughs> about 5,000 other examples well, of him being a disaster. I mean, do you think? do you think this is going to – keep up? Do you think McLean, we're going to look back and he's going to be second team all pro or something? Is he playing at that level and do you think he'll, he'll sustain it? I do not think he's going to be second team <laughs> all pro. I don't know if he'll keep it up because I don't know what his motivation is. This yeah. is a guy who said before he doesn't even really like football that much. I'm surprised number two on your list Steve Smith. That was stunning that because Steve Smith didn't me, get the number one. To me, you shouldn't be that surprised. You're I'm the number one surprised. Steve Smith fan. Right, and we did predict on this podcast he would leave the Ravens in re- in receiving this year. Yeah. No one thought that he would have be second in the NFL in almost every category and has already seven more plays of 20-plus yards than he had all of last season. That's a surprise to me. He's not coming back as a slot receiver. He's coming back as one of the best deep threats in the NFL. Devin Hester was a name that I was thinking had to be on this list, and there he was because – We've seen what number five he did over the years in Chicago when it was on offense, and all we ever did was kill the Bears for trying him on offense. And now because they didn't know what they were doing. Well, but we didn't know that. And now he's out there. He looks like he's still a very good return man. It seems like he has extra juice in his legs. And now he's actually a useful offensive weapon. No one I, saw that. I think Dirk Cutter, the Falcons' offensive coordinator, is very good at what he does. Whereas the Bears' offensive coordinators were never good at what they did. <laughs> and Cutter is using him create creatively. He scored on a reception, a run, and a punt return. And he's probably going to score on a kickoff return, too. He's breaking tackles. It's it's such a huge test for Cutter and Matt Ryan, though, because they lost two more starting offensive linemen for the season this week. I feel like Matt Ryan is playing like a top-five quarterback so far, but how many people – can you lose and still put up 30, 40 points a game? I guess if you want to look on the bright side, the backups to those two linemen that they lost aren't much worse than the starters. Yeah. Let's, I'll just real quickly go through the top ten. You had McLean one, Steve Smith two, Larry Donnell, the Giants tight end at three, Terrell Austin, the Lions defensive coordinator at four, Devin Hester, Darren Sproles, the Ravens offensive line, the Chargers cornerbacks, Jelani Jenkins, the offense linebacker, and Le'Veon Bell at number 10. And one thing I wanted to point out before, Greg, we get into maybe guys that aren't on this list, uh, honorable mention. I see Brian Hoyer at on honorable mention, and I must say, because Mark Sessler isn't here, that I believe that Brian Hoyer, considering everything heading into the season, what we all felt deserved to be on the top 10 somewhere. He's playing very well for a team that could that is playing competitive football and very easily could be in the thick of the AFC North by the midpoint of the season. I find it incredibly generous of you to say he's playing very well. Wow. Well, the numbers are he, very good. He is exceeding expectations. He's the quarterback of a what, one and three team? One and two. One and two. But one they and could two easily be three and zero. Oh. It's not because of the offense. It's because of the defense, I think. Right. 
they could they could be winning. And and as you said, Greg, that the Johnny Manziel is further from the job on October 1st than he was on September 1st, which really is a credit to Hoyer considering how the entire franchise right. turned toward Johnny Manziel as the savior I mean, after give me the a draft. Break. Put him on the list. You should be in two sets of softball pants after what Brian Hoyer done I think done you'll to you. find that the top 10 players <laughs> on this list, everyone has top 10 players, is a good player. So you don't think Brian Hoyer is I think a good he's a very mediocre quarterback, so that's why he's not in the top 10. He's, let me just go over the stats. Might as well throw them out there. He's completing 64% of his passes. He's not throwing an interception, three touchdowns, and Ooh. has a passer rating of 97.5. This, that's good production for a guy that, that maybe a lot of people thought was a backup at best. If you watch the games, August. he's missing a lot of throws. Right. And they are coaching him really well. It's like they're coaching they, – like the Bills coached E.J. Manuel. It's a lot of play action. A lot of inside the numbers stuff, and that's fine. He's getting it done, but it's not like he's making the same passes as Aaron Rodgers. It is crazy though that Johnny Manziel has turned into a non-story at this point, and that it's the Browns. If the Browns' defense had played as well as we thought, they would be three and zero right now. And they don't have Jordan Cameron. They don't have Josh Gordon. They have a great running game. Hoyer, give him a little love. And all right, so now Greg, why don't you throw out a name that is not on Wes's list? And then listen to what Wes has to say, shooting you down. Or perhaps <laughs> saying, oh, I forgot that guy. Well, Good one. Well, actually, it, it happens to be on his honorable mention list, which oh, I didn't realize. Awkward. But, you know, Terrell Austin has been great. Big question mark uh, in Detroit going into the year, and he's been terrific. But he's not even the most surprising Austin in the league. Austin Davis. I mean, no, none Hello, of us Abba. could have said anything about Austin Davis a couple months ago. We would have said it was a travesty and a complete disaster if he ever gets in the lineup for the Rams and he's given them life. You watch him compared to, let's say, a Brian Hoyer. I think he's light years ahead of Brian Hoyer. I mean, he's helping them win games. I mean, he's very accurate. He doesn't have a big arm, but he's connecting deep down the field. He has touch. He's a fun quarterback to watch. He makes the Rams kind of watchable, which I never would have seen. He's playing like Case Keenum played last year when he first got the job. Attacking Mm. down the field. And, I mean, that's what Austin that Davis – neither one has a big arm, but they're both attacking them. That is damned with faint praise there. Because <laughs> well, we know what happened I, to Case Keenum. Look, I don't, yeah, I don't know Austin Davis going to be good for the next four weeks. I know he's played two and a half games, and for those two and a half games, he's looked like a solid NFL starting quarterback. Yeah, I know he's done something in the three games he's played that Sam Bradford never did in any three-game st- stretch of his career. Uh, by completion percentage and yards per attempt hmm. – 69% completions and 7.5 yards per attempt for three straight games. Sam Bradford never did that. Uh, the guy that jumps out to me, and this is cheating a little bit because I know he had a nice season last year, and we all agreed that he was a good player and he could stay healthy. But who saw DeMarco Murray becoming p- potentially, I know there are some people that argue uh, Le'Veon Bell, but DeMarco Murray becoming the best running back in football. Four straight games, over 100 yards. He has a touchdown in each game. He uh, he was just, he shredded uh, the Saints on Sunday night. He's doing it every game. You know, if he could stay healthy, this looks like the season where he's going to be the 15, 1,600-yard guy with the double-digit touchdowns and a, a real MVP candidate. When you look at the Cowboys, who are 3-1, and one, who are a team-wide surprise uh, while we're here, uh, and they have a chance to go 4-1 and one if they could beat the Texans at home on Sunday, DeMarco Murray is the reason why, because they waited for Romo to get healthy. It looks like he's getting there, but Murray has been a major piece there. I considered him for the list. The only reason he's not on there, he led all NFL starting running backs in yards per carry last year. Hmm. So to me, that it, I can't consider him a surprise. Yeah. And 
Fair. He he's great, but you also don't know how much credit to give him and how much to give that offensive line. Because well, I'm not. We always joke about how we can't evaluate offensive linemen that well, but they are becoming the first offensive line that I've ever had fun watching. Like they are one of the best offensive wow. lines when you put on the game rewind that you just see Tyron Smith. I like Ronald Leary. That guy's big and he just throws people around. I mean, in the running game, they are dominant and it, it, they have a chance, I think because of that offensive line to be good all year. And next week, gentlemen, just a little teaser because this is where it gets real fun. Wes will do his top ten disappointments at the first quarter of the <laughs> that season. That might be even more fun. And then we dig in and we get negative. Um, <laughs> all right, so that's it. Gentlemen, you would not be on my surprise list because you're all great guys all the time. Oh, see, we can fight at the beginning of the show, and now we're just back together. Bang. So, yeah, it's okay to get, you know, share feelings and, and say that we appreciate each other. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, yeah. It's like – you and Mark are always worried. If Wes and I argue saying it's awkward or something. Sometimes a lot of people listening to the podcast will write in, oh, there was some real tension between Wes and Greg or Dan and whoever. It's all it's all love. It's like your family. No, it's, yeah. But Our let's listeners not say, know us well enough to know that, I think. Let's not say it's all an act either because it's real no, human it's not emotion. Not like you'll get on these other podcasts, and I won't name names. <laughs> But this is it gets real in here. Yeah. We've heard that we've taken some shots on these podcasts. They gotta People are taking shots at us. If thing. I listened to them I would I would know. Exactly. But find but out. Not gonna make time to do that. <laughs> uh all right. So it is time, gentlemen. We've talked about it for a couple of weeks. It's time to get out the old uh utensils, go in the old drawer, take it out, the one with the points on it, and do some stabbing. Not the knife, that's dangerous. The forks, stick the fork in them. Stick a fork in them. Stick a fork in them. And for those that might be new listeners to the show, when we fork a team, we are saying definitively that they have no chance of making the postseason. Uh, we've been doing this for two years. We've never been wrong, ever, even once. It's not true. We were wrong two years ago, but last year we were we were clean, and this year we're going to be clean again. That's a guarantee. Which I might... I may add, though, you guys, when the Redskins did you guys wrong, you guys were a little too safe last season. Okay. Too safe. Yeah, All right, I that's fair. We're, we are going to be fair. a little more bold. I'm often the one that's playing it safe. I view it more as an official pronouncement that your season is over, not trying to be bold. So we'll try to get out on a limb a little bit more. But I think we go back to what the policy was the first year. If we're wrong about any of these teams, we stick a fork and stick a fork in them. No, I thought, I thought you were just circling back to your, your charity endeavor from <laughs> when you promised, <laughs> that, that you promised that if, one, if you got one wrong that, <laughs> that you would donate to a charity and then you wouldn't let us forget it for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get our forks out. Here lies the Tennessee Titans, who to be forked must technically exist. So this is perhaps a good thing. Anyway, the Jake Locker era can mercifully be sent to its own version of permanent injured reserve. The Titans are done. <laughs> oh, Titans fans out there, you probably hate us. I don't blame they, you. Usually, yeah. I would, uh, I would say you're being too sensitive. Uh, you know, it's not personal, but I don't blame the Titans fans for taking it personally because Dan, especially, just. 
just keeps needling them. There was a. Uh, a they're a, they're a team like any other team. They're yeah, just vanilla. I feel bad. It, this kind of got going a little bit that they're whether they're real or not. And there was a Titans fan on Twitter who it should be said said that he was forking the Around the NFL <laughs> podcast for not giving the Titans any respect. But. If you really want to be serious about it, the reason why we make jokes and we kid is because the Titans have zero identity. It's been that way for several years now. This year has not been any different. Uh, they are 1-3, I believe, and they are not showing any signs. And they, Charlie White, Chaz Whitehurst, as much as we love the man, uh, he's, he's already started a game, which means Jake Locker was already hurt. So that hasn't changed. Everything seems to be the same in Tennessee, which is more of blandness. I don't feel bad. I don't feel that bad is not at surprising. All. They're not. Good. Look, if you're a fan, you need to be a grown up too, and grown ups think for themselves. <laughs> don't blame a podcast. Find fault with your team's GM, your team's owner, your team's coach, the people who make the decisions, not some random podcast. I'm glad you went there because I thought you were going to say quit the team the way you did the Bengals, and I don't want I, that to happen. I don't know that any Titans fans can build up a case that would be as strong as mine when I left the Bengals. I, I want to give Ken Wisenhunt and the new GM and Ray Horton like a little time to get it going. I don't really blame them 100% for the blandness that is their roster. But to me, if if the Titans can be summed up in one player, it's the player that's been there almost the longest. They are the Nate Washingtons of teams. <laughs> they are the 40th best wide receiver in your fantasy draft. They are 600 yards and four touchdowns. They're – Perfectly acceptable, and that's it. Uh, TD has a take. I've said over the last couple of seasons, the worst matchup on the NFL schedule is always the Jags and the Titans. You have the worst team in, in previous seasons and the most interesting and the team with no identity. Worst matchup. That's fair. I, I agree. All right, so goodbye, Titans. Next up. Here lies the Oakland Raiders, who thought Matt Schaub would take them to the Super Bowl and now believe Tony, Tony Sperano will take them to respectability. In lieu of flowers, please just try to visualize the Mark Davis joke I would have used here had I been allowed. <laughs> <laughs> that sums up my feelings. The laugh. <laughs> dead last in scoring. Uh, not dead last in scoring differential. The Jaguars are worse than them. So you got that going for it. It's really a battle for Is that, that a number spoiler one alert by dropping the Jags? No, not on purpose. Could you hey. pick a more uninspiring interim coach than Tony Sperano? It, it was really, if you wanted to pick one guy that, you know, is going to be 12 and done. It's the spa man. Yeah. It's like, all right, so what are we going to, so we're going to see a lot of wildcat now. <laughs> well, they, they watch like, like a, a lot of great offensive yeah. line play. They watched the 2012 Jets offense, and they said, I got to get me some of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's get in the mix. Or the old Dolphins teams that were just brutal to watch. What about all the free agents they brought in and the defense and – Paycheck veterans. Everything else. Nothing worked. Everything – Maybe that that's did. not how you build a team. We heard for two years that Reggie McKenzie was the guy, and once his hands were untied – that he would be able to build a roster because he, he showed a lot of uh, potential in Green Bay, but then he was given that opportunity and has been well documented. We don't need to get into it too deep here. He went and bought, as Wes says, a bunch of veterans that were on the other side of their prime that were really in it for the money potentially, uh, but just weren't playing their best football anymore. And this is what happens. And you don't have a quarterback and then you don't believe in your coach and you can't. I mean, things have, it's been bad for the Raiders for a long time, but it's, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm probably never been more kind of depressed about the outlook of my team than I am right now. If you are a winning team and you bring in a core of veterans 
to help put you over the top. Patriots have done this kind of stuff with Junior Seau and earlier than that with Roman Pfeiffer and some other guys. It makes sense. But when you're a losing team and almost all of your players are new, what's what's there to keep them interested? I was thinking, you know, all the veteran signings haven't been that bad. Like, I think Justin Tuck's played pretty well when I've watched. And I was like, oh, how's, how's Lamar Woodley doing? I really haven't Not good. heard much, too much of him. So I <laughs> looked up his stats. He started three games. In those three games, he has a tackle. You know, he has, oh, he has no. one tackle this season. Lamar Woodley snaps. Lamar Woodley's stat line right now is a tackle. So maybe Dennis Allen isn't smarter than Dick LeBeau. Mm. When he pointed out this offseason, yeah, we think that Dick LeBeau's been using him out of position all along. I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> He's actually a defensive end, not an, not an outside linebacker. Come on, Dennis Allen. I want the Raiders to be good again. It's, it's great for the NFL. I like their fan base, how they're a little crazy. I know they drive you crazy, Wes. I, l- I love They're their a hist- real international history, national fun team. I they love their even- history. I, I love the organization until about 10 years ago. All right. The Raiders do have a good afterlife, somewhat to look forward to, with stud rookie linebacker Khalil Mack. That's true. What? <laughs> <laughs> well McKen- done. McKenzie looks like he, he hit a triple or maybe a home run with that first-round pick. Got to give them that. Oh, yeah. okay. So there's something to be positive about. And then John Gruden's going to be the coach, and they're going back to the bowl. <laughs> Finally. Here lies the Jacksonville Jaguars, who honestly believed a man named Toby could be a respected running back in the National Football League. In lieu of flowers, please make a donation to help disinfect that weird see-through pool at Everbank Field. He's <laughs> <laughs> taking shots, unnecessary shots. I like that... Uh... We're not taping these segments uh, on camera because we know this is too negative. <laughs> yeah, this is for yeah, NFL.com. We, we, just put on the we could we could we could carry the water and be positive, but we have to get negative. Sometimes teams deserve it. Jaguars are another one. They, they, you know what? This one won't All come back talk. to haunt us because Gus Bradley's defense that he's built is just as bad as it ever was. Worse under Mike Malarkey or Jack Del Rio or whatever. But Blake Bortles could make us sweat for a week a or two bit. when he gets on the run because be I think frisky. he's the real deal, and they're in a lousy division. He, you know, th- some better days are ahead. That's all. Next year. Well, this year it has to get better because they're one of the worst teams in NFL history right so now. So they could pull off a repeat of last year where it got better and they yeah. finished with five wins or something. But that means you go four and four in the last day games or something like that. And I guess, yeah, I guess Groundhog the, Day. if Bortles shows progress, this year maybe it was a little premature to think this would be the year they got better. Next year, if Bortles is healthy and plays well down the stretch here, yeah, maybe there is. Well, Somebody will fall for another. it again. Yeah, what do they have yeah. to like on defense? So that's the problem. They what do they have to like? On defense. Nothing. Well, they're going to have the number two overall pick in the draft. Maybe they can grab someone there. Right. That's what we're talking they about. They went all offense this year. They got picked up receivers early, quarterback. The, they this, need offensive linemen. This year is – I'm not even saying this, like, facetiously. This year is a resounding success if Blake Bortles is four-fifths as good as we think he is. I agree That's with you. It's all that matters. It is I agree so with you. hard Getting to Getting a find franchise a quarterback like means everything. And everything else this year is going to be gravy. All right, so those are the three fork teams. It's over. If you're a fan of those teams – It's official. Yep, look toward next year. Also – <laughs> it's over, man. It's like October 1st. Also, 
Rams and Bucks fans, count yourselves lucky because I had you on the fork list and you were saved. Yeah, we met by the, one other member. We met. Couple. We met and spoke about it. They just they are alive. So if you're a fan of that team, be excited. Those teams. Yes, they'll allow. Be excited for your four and twelve season. <laughs> Finally, Wes, this game, the stick of fork in the segment is right up your alley. I love I it. I love it. It does bring out the teeth. Uh, we'll move on. Finally, before we go, the Thursday night game, the Green Bay Packers at home, coming off a really nice win where they got their mojo back a little bit against the Bears. Now, in come the Vikings, who had a really nice win of their own at home against the Falcons, in which Teddy Bridgewater looked great. The big question. And we don't know because he's questionable for the game. Is will Teddy Bridgewater play? He has that ankle issue. Um, you know, if he's fifty-fifty to play, I just we could have a situation, unfortunately, where Christian Ponder is going into Lambeau Field in prime time. We don't want that. We want to see more Teddy, right? Well, Christian Ponder does have a history, not of going into Lambeau of winning, but of beating the Packers in a huge spot to send the Minnesota Vikings to the playoffs. Right. Play, it doesn't get much playoffs. bigger in the regular season. He had over eight yards per throw in that game, three touchdowns. So who knows? Maybe Christian. And then Pond. he didn't even play the next week. That was weird. They have to bring him back from his banishment in Siberia to actually have <laughs> him start the game. <laughs> I really hope Bridgewater plays because he had about as exciting a first start as you could have. Uh, I know you watched him closely, Chris. I, I thought he was even more impressive than Blake Bortles. Last week, I agree. With the caveat that Bortles was actually running a full offense. And Norv Turner called a great game and basically did what the Bills were supposed to, trying successfully to do with Manuel. He gave him a lot of play action, a lot of in-turning routes, slants, curls, uh, crossers. And Bridgewater, I'm sure you saw the same thing. His accuracy between the numbers was incredible. Well, he didn't face any pressure, so you're not going to get that most games. I mean, the Falcons' pass rush was totally absent. Bridgewater could do what he wanted, but he was so accurate. And the thing that I didn't know because I didn't watch him as much in college, he's just such a good improviser when the play does break down in terms of getting away from pressure and the spin moves and the speed and then throwing on the run or scrambling. Which is why I don't like the comparisons – pre-draft to Andy Dalton because that's Andy Dalton's big weakness facing pressure. I thought Bridgewater looked great. And then even for all that coaching that Norv Turner did. More like a poor man's Aaron Rodgers just without the big arm. All right. Whoa. All right. For all that coaching Norv did when the Falcons came back to take the lead, they kind of took the shackles off of Bridgewater and let him play. And he came back and moved the offense really well. What got lost in that game was – Bridgewater didn't just play well. They had 558 yards of offense. That was against an NFL defense. So it wasn't just Bridgewater. Kind of an NFL defense, (laughs) technically. Jarek McKinnon. Looked great. Looked pretty sweet. And Asiata, 70. You know, they rushed for 240 yards in that game. Look, I I don't think this is a walkover for Green Bay. I think we know who Matt Asiata is. Right. He had a good game because of the defense he was facing. Right. But if Jarek McKinnon can be a a weapon on on a weekly basis, that's big. You know how fast? McKinnon is he's the type of fast that he can slow down in the middle of his run and just start sort of gliding while he's sort of looking at what everyone else is doing and they just you know go by him and then he speeds back up might be the best athlete at running back in the NFL who needs Adrian Peterson (laughs) the (laughs) The Vikings do not cool but uh anyway I think uh all right we just talked about the Vikings almost the whole time but do do any of us think that they're going to pull it off here it's kind no. of hard to pick them with No, with not on Bridgewater a short week, but playing, if Bridgewater is playing, I, I think this they have been equal 
equally good as the Packers this year overall as a team. And for those for those of you on Twitter that have pointed out that the Pack the Vikings should be a team of ATL uh, consideration, we'll see what happens after this game. Mm, I don't know. The Peterson thing is it's tough. It's bad. Uh, all right, so that's it for today's version, t- today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We will be back Thursday night. A quick turnaround. Uh, we're going to preview all of Week Five games, go over the Minnesota Green Bay game, and talk about that with uh, the gentleman that will be uh, covering that for the Around the NFL team. But until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the Mailman, the Boss, and TD behind the glass. Till Thursday. Here lies the Oakland Raiders, who thought Matt Schaub would take them to the Super Bowl and now believe Tony Soprano. Let me do that again. Sorry. <laughs> He's not Tony Soprano. <laughs> Soprano. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> this is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.